0: Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal of Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. Atlanta United opened its season with a 3-1 victory against Sporting Kansas City here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in front of more than 65,000 announced attendants. It was an impressive performance for the five stripes. It was impressive for a lot of reasons, starting with the fact that you had five different players get on the score sheet. Now, before I get into that, I want to remind you you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. So, now let's get into the nitty gritty about the game super fast. The goals were scored by Luis Arajujo in the 20th minute, followed a very nice run of play in which Amar Sadich and Tyler Wolf combined to force a turnover. Tyler Wolf found Joseph Martinez a few yards ahead of him. Martinez hit a very, very nice back heel pass to Arihujo, who's cutting it behind him. Arihujo Ari took a touch and then chipped the goalkeeper for the opening goal. It was costly, though, because Arahujo quickly grabbed his right hamstring, made a motion that he needed to be subbed off, and six minutes later sat down on the turf and was, in fact, subbed off for Dom Dwyer, who scored the team's second goal in the third minute of added time in the first half. Once again, Tyler Wolf. A very composed, deep in Atlanta United's third, found Joseph Martinez near midfield. Joseph turned, saw Dwyer running into space on the opposite side of the field, hit about a 40, 50-yard pass cross field. Dwyer ran onto it, beat his defender one-on-one with a cut back onto his left foot, and then hammered a left-footed shot into the goal. It had to be a bit surreal. Sporting Kansas City is, of course, where Dom Dwyer played and where he kind of made a name for himself before he went to Orlando, which, of course, is Atlanta United's Uh, one of their rivals. He then went to Toronto. It was his first goal scored in an MLS game since 2019 uh, while with Orlando against Houston. So it's been a long time coming for him. We were hoping to talk to him after the game, but there was some sort of snafu and uh, it took a long time and a lot of us had to leave, but I'm hoping to have a story up about him as soon as we get some quotes from the team. The final goal, a very, very special moment, because you can only do this once in your career as Joe Patrick reminded me, for 17-year-old homegrown signing Caleb Wiley, scoring in his very first debut as a true professional player. He's played for Atlanta United 2 as an academy player, but now he's getting paid to play. And he scored. He came on in the 75th minute, scored in the 89th minute, assisted by Marcelino Moreno. It, very similar to some of the other goals. Ball's played into space. Wiley beats his man, kind of hits a left-footed low chipper, Past the goalkeeper to score, he then blew kisses to the crowd.
1: Definitely a dream come true. So I don't score that many goals that often, um, so when I do, it's uh, it's just a, I'm like so speechless when I see it go in the back of the net. It's like a, a huge moment for me, um, and then to do it in front of this fan, this huge fan, um, in in the city, in front of fans and, and family and. Uh, and on this team, is just something special.
0: He came up through Atlanta United's homegrown. He was one of the members of its first academy class in 2016. So just a fantastic moment for the uh, Atlanta area kid. Very humble kid. Uh, just a you know a beautiful moment for him. Speaking of beautiful moments, I want to play some audio from manager Gonzalo Pineda, who led off his press conference talking about uh, Christian Carrillo, an academy player who uh, was recently killed. Uh, by a drunk driver in a traffic accident.
1: We honor Christian Carrillo, uh, a kid from the academy, a very good goalkeeper, a guy that uh, it was tough for the whole organization to lose. We lost him uh, a few weeks ago, and today was the day where we honor him as a club. And I want to make sure that this year we honor him in the whole season. So I just want to explain that and to his family our condolences and all our prayers with, with them. But this one hurt the club big time. And I think that's the connection that you see among the club. I just want to make sure that you know that Christian Carrillo will be remembered forever from the club.
0: The players and Pineda, among other staffers, wore black armbands today to honor Carrillo. Um, It was a very nice moment um, for uh, the tragic loss of, by all accounts, a very nice young man and a very loving family. After the game, uh, getting on to the game, we were able to ask uh, Pineda about Luis Arahujo. He did not have an update, confirmed it was a hamstring, said it did not look good. So Pineda was asked uh, how he plans to handle the loss of Arahujo, and will he continue to go with two strikers? I don't think Dom Dwyer technically played as a second striker. I think he played as a winger, but here's Pineda's answer about that.
1: We will go game by game. I, I I cannot think in longer term because you never know what what's happening. So to replace Luis, if he's out for sure for the next game, we we have some options. I think so. You saw that Brooks is coming back from from his injury in the ankle, and then you know obviously Marcelino. You saw a little bit of that uh, with that assist. So he's kind of back there there might be some players from the visas processes coming back so so we're regrouping and we will have alternatives now the two strikers to be honest tactically is not my preference just because I feel that against back fours you lose the numerical advantage in other parts of the field but some version of that I can see Working where maybe you know Dom Dwyer runs around Joseph and Joseph just pick the right passes in between the lines or the opposite or, or they are alternate, uh, but not because you see Dom and 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 Joseph on the field is because we're playing two forwards. Dom can also play a bit on the side on the flank as as we just saw today.
0: I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that it was an impressive win, and here is why. I'm going to give you a list of names of players who either weren't in the starting lineup or weren't available at all to give you an idea of the quality of the performance today. So starting from the back, Brooks Lennon started on the bench. He's the assumed starting right fullback. Alan Franco couldn't play at all because of uh, yellow card suspension. Santiago Sosa, Franco Albarra are in Argentina working on visas. Tiago Almada, designated player, could not play because he's in Argentina. I'm sorry, they are working on their green cards. Almada is in Ar- Argentina working on his visa. Emerson Hyman, still recovering from off-season ACL surgery. He couldn't play. He wasn't even in the starting lineup. So its bench featured two goalkeepers instead of one, which is really weird. Two left fullbacks instead of one, which is really weird. Um, no central midfielders because they had none left. That's why this was an impressive performance, and I was able to ask Pineda about that with the first question in the post-game press conference.
1: I think it's pretty obvious that that we are happy about the result um, and the performance as well. I think, uh, I mean, nothing to do with the amount of absences we had. I think we go game by game. So every game we try to prepare with the best squad possible, available. And today was a very good standard for the players that uh, started the game and then the subs. So I was pleased with that, obviously. There were moments of the game where we lost a little bit of the possession, but I felt that also we were very dangerous in the final third and creating some of those half chances, right? So where maybe we we lack the killer pass, the best cross once we get in behind, to get even more expected goals. Uh, I'm happy with expected goals number. We almost double uh, theirs, and I think that's that's always the objective: create more and better chances than the opponent.
0: Yeah, Atlanta United's expected goal total was like 2.34 and Sporting Kansas City was like 1.34, something like that. Um, there were two new faces. Oh, and I also forgot to mention Marcelino Moreno started on the bench too. He's a presumed attacking midfielder. There were two new faces in Atlanta United's starting lineup uh, that weren't with the team last year. One was Ozzy Alonzo, who started at defensive midfielder and who I thought had a fantastic game. He was brought into games like... He was brought into this team for games like this to see out results. Y'all remember that last year Atlanta United dropped 13 points from winning positions after the 75th minute, which is just unacceptable. Sporting Kansas City got one goal back late in the game, and Atlanta United shut the door with Wiley's goal. The other new face was Andrew Gutman, uh, who started at left back, uh, formerly the spot held down by George Bello, who was sold a few weeks ago to Armenia Bielefeld in Germany. Gutman quickly became a fan favorite. I was sent a question that he if I was reminded of Greg Garza when I watched Gutman, and it's a little bit funny because, yeah, both spent a lot of time on the ground because they threw themselves into every tackle and both got up and down the field. Uh, I thought Andrew Gutman had a fantastic game, and here's Pineda talking about his left fullback.
1: Very good. I felt that him and Ronald both—they were—they look like warriors to me. They were fighting for every ball, for every every pass. Um, obviously, we need to improve a little bit in the final third product. That's that's something that both. Uh, probably can improve on that. But again, that will come with games and with connections and having uh, having them even more times in the final third to to, to make some crosses. But today, uh, I think both they played a couple very good uh, crosses. One I remember from Ronald to Joseph that it was deflected. It was a, a, a corner kick, But we saw a little bit of what they can produce in attack as well.
0: Now, before we get into your mailbag questions, I want to go through a few stats from the game. Um, so I'm just going to rattle them off real quick. Kansas City won the possession battle 56.2 to 43.8, but Atlanta United won the expected goals 2.38 to 1.38. Atlanta United put six shots on goal to Sporting Kansas City's two. Sporting Kansas City had five shots blocked to Atlanta United's two. Nine of Kansas City's shots came from uh, inside the box. Six for Atlanta United. Atlanta United completed 80 point, 80.2% of its passes to Kansas City's 83.5%. Kansas City had 19 crosses to Atlanta United's 13. Kansas City committed 15 fouls to Atlanta United's 6. Going through individual leaders uh, for Atlanta United really quick, Dom Dwyer led the team with 6 shots. Tyler Wolf and tied many, many others with 1 shot on target. Joseph Martinez and Marcelino Moreno, who came on for the final minutes, led the team with 2 chances created each. Ozzie Alonzo led and completed passes with 51. Completed passes in the final third. There was a 3-way t- tie. For the lead with eight among Sadich, Alonso, and Huzetu, who I thought played very, very well also. Hernandez and Huzetu and Wolf tied for uh, crosses attempted with three. Sadich and Alonso led with dribbles completed with two. Gutman uh, led in tackles one with five. George Campbell and Ronald Hernandez led in recoveries with 12. So now, before uh, I, we go to a break and I get into the mailbag, I want to remind you all you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AAJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And this is the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. And we're back. And I want to remind y'all that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. I appreciate it. We had a lot of good content in today's paper. Uh, We have a lot of good content in every day's paper. So please consider subscribing. Now, let's get into some of your questions that you asked us. Thank you very much. Nick, friend of the podcast, says, My question is, what challenges do we face without our Hujo, and how will we line up? Well, I think you'll probably see uh, Dom Dwyer again at that winger. It's hard to take off a guy who scored a goal and probably could have had another. The other lineup changes you're probably going to see is I got to think Alan Franco will come back in to the starting lineup and place a George Campbell at Colorado. Uh, Almeida, if he is back, you think you'll see him start. I still don't think you're going to see Moreno start yet. I think he's working on his fitness. Sosa hasn't played at all this preseason. I don't think you're going to see him start. If Pineda decides that Dom Dwyer isn't the right fit against Colorado, you have options. Jake Mulraney, if he's healthy, you could slide Tyler Wolf over to the right and play Tiago Almada on the left if you wanted to. You could play Marcelino Moreno on the right if he's fit enough in Pineda's estimation. Machop Chol could come back. He's injured. You could play Brooks Lennon at right, at right wing uh, like he finished the game today. He's always fit. Uh, so there are a lot of choices. It's just going to depend upon how Pineda thinks the team can best hurt Colorado. All right, on to the next question from Adam. It's always nice to get a win when we're less in full strength. Vamos Atlanta, he says. A number of us in the supporters end felt Atlanta's players like gassed at the end of the half compared to Sporting Kansas City's players. Thoughts? Well, that's probably accurate. Sporting Kansas City dominated possession, and when you don't dominate possession, you're having to do a lot of running, and Atlanta United was having to do a lot of running. So it's fine, but Atlanta United had the lead, and that's the important thing. Adam continues, the midfield appeared to struggle with marking today. Some great individual tackling, but a lot of players having to chase after the ball, and that hampered Atlanta's ability to recover possession. Personnel, SKC's performance, first game issues, or all of the above. I think all of the above. Um, Once Atlanta United got that goal, they could sit back a little bit. Sporting Kansas City had to throw numbers forward. That enabled Atlanta United to get its second goal. Then Sporting Kansas City had to throw even more numbers forward. That combined with dominated possession, marking runners. I thought Atlanta United Central midfielders played great. I thought Huzetu, Sedic, and Alonzo combined very well. I love Sedic's composure on the ball. I loved Huzetu being able to find space. I liked Ozzie Alonzo really protecting the center backs. I thought they played well. Sporting Kansas City's a good team, too. you got to remember that. They don't make the playoffs every year for nothing. So got to give them a little bit of credit as well. Adam says, I hope you're enjoying your coffee. I'm not having any coffee right now, but thanks. I'll never go to sleep tonight if I do that. He's still working on a podcast name that incorporates Atlanta United and coffee. I suggested to him at Atlanta United coffee and Calcio, which is the Italian, how Italians call soccer. And he loved that as for the action. This wasn't our first choice team, but the chemistry was fantastic. We got lucky in the back a few times with SKC missteps, but otherwise looked composed. How do you see this result affecting the use of players like Sosa? I think you're not going to see Sosa for a while simply because of fitness as long as Ozzie Alonso can keep doing what he's doing, and when the games are once a week, I think he can, I think you'll see Alonso holding down that spot. That's nothing against Sosa, but it's hard to take out a veteran, especially if you're playing well. Now, obviously, we don't know if the team, how it's going to perform against Colorado. It's supposed to be snowstorms that day. That's not going to be fun. So we'll just have to see how it goes from there. Alex says, great to see such a solid team win today, where we demonstrated some real depth, and even got a goal from a homegrown. But I remain troubled by Joseph Martinez. He doesn't look very mobile or athletic and rarely attempted to stretch the back line. Instead, withdrawing and trying to make plays from midfield. Is this by design, or is he just not fit? How concerned we should be about Joseph's fitness at this point. In my opinion, this is still not the old Joseph. I don't disagree with you. I don't think he's still 100%. When you don't really have a true attacking midfielder, on the field, and Huzetu and Sedic aren't true attacking midfielders, Joseph is going to have to come back to the play to get the ball to try to relieve pressure. So it's hard for him. He can't both come back and try to stretch defenses. You saw later in the game when Atlanta United was able to get forward with its fullbacks with with Hernandez and Lennon and Wiley and Gutman, Joseph had a couple of scoring chances when he was able to get in the box. He got unlucky with one on deflection. He just missed another So I think you're just going to see a combination of Joseph. He's going to be an evolving player. He's getting older. It's harder for older players to stay as fit as they were when they were young. But I don't think you should have too many worries about Joseph's performance. I thought he played very well today. It's the third time he had two assists in an MLS game. for Atlanta United, fourth time overall by my count. I think once you see some more of the players work their way into the lineup, you'll see Joseph being able to get forward a little bit more, not having to come back as much to try to win the ball or relieve pressure. Jacob says he was joking early in the game that Joseph was still the team's best number 10, but then Marcelino Moreno, in a small sample size, looked much more like a true number 10 than he has in the past. He had his head up dribbling and played some nice passes through the lines, one generating an assist to Wiley. How did he look to you, and what would Moreno's emergence as a more traditional string-pulling 10 mean for the team this year? I like what I saw. Now we just need to get everyone healthy. Yeah, you got to keep in mind that Sporting Kansas City was having to throw numbers forward, try to get a tying goal or or, uh, two goals. So that gave Moreno a lot more space. I do like to see Moreno getting his head up and making passes through the lines instead of trying to dribble and take on opponents. I still think that Tiago Almeida would be a better number 10 and maybe playing Moreno on the wing, but I'm not the manager. And so we'll have to see what potato wants to do once both players can go 90 minutes and then they'll have those choices to make but i do agree with you i think moreno had a fantastic performance in his uh whatever it was 15 minutes today i was surprised to see him on the field because he didn't play in any of the preseason games i know he was training by himself but he never trained with the team at least when we were there last which was friday um so it's reassuring that he was able to get onto the field and be impactful Christian says, I think I should have knocked on the wood a bit harder. He's referring to an email he sent to me earlier. Hopefully, our Hujo is not hurt too badly. And I think that is the end of our questions for the podcast. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Atline United defeats Sporting Kansas City 3-1 in its MLS opener in front of uh, more than 65,000 people. The team will play again at Colorado on Saturday in what looks like it's going to be a snowstorm. Colorado is 0-1, Atlanta United is 1-0. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at DougRobertsonAJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United AtlantaUnitedNewsNow, and I hope you'll consider following me on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. And I want to remind you all of our promo. For $2.30 a week, you can get unlimited access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's e-edition as well as a pretty cool Atlanta Journal-Constitution and Atlanta United Scarf. And I know a lot of y'all out there collect scarves, so I hope that you'll consider doing this. All you have to do is sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com utdscarf. Atlanta United, 3-1 winners against Sporting Kansas City. Y'all have a good night. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluesteak Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta journal constitutions Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, mm-hmm. lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologeticallyATL.
1: Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.